This is Dan Gore. Welcome to the Icons Podcast. For more than 30 years, I've been involved in the art of female impersonations and celebrity impersonations. I've worked with some of the most amazing performers in our history. I've traveled around the world, producing and directing shows for corporate events, casting for TV and movies. But most impressive of all is getting to know some of the most amazing people ever to grace our industry. Best known to many as the art of drag. I've worked with and become friends with some of history's finest that have paved the way for many of today's current and upcoming performers. This is our chance to learn more about our drag history. This is Icons, Incredible Creations on Stage podcast. Hey there, and welcome to Icons Podcast. This is Dan Gore. I'm very excited this week to introduce you to a very dear friend of mine, an amazing performer that I had the opportunity to work with several times when I was impersonating George Michael. And uh, I'm here with, I like to say legendary, veteran performer and legendary to me, Christopher Morley. Hi, Christopher. Hello, how are you, Dan? I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm very happy that we made it. We had, it took a lot to get here, but we're here. And you know, I had the opportunity to work with you, you know, when I used to impersonate George Michael, and I was so enamored with so many of the performers that I met, and uh, you were one of them, and I'm excited to the opportunity to talk to you a lot more about your life, and especially your performance life. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, first, just briefly, we want to talk to, I want to find out where you grew up at. Are you a native of California? I'm not a native. I, I was born in Seattle. My family moved a lot around the United States. I've lived in many cities, Butte, Montana, Boise, Idaho, Reno, Nevada. And we finally ended up here in Southern California. And still, we moved. We did Downey. We did Montebello. We did Whittier. What we year? Did, what year did you finally get to? Uh, this was in the um, the sixties. Wow. This was, uh, my, I grew up during the fifties and sixties. And graduated from high school in nineteen sixty nine, which was a, an incredible year. The same year that I graduated, uh, um, we landed on the moon. John Wall happened, so there was the great re- revolution. Judy Garland died, <laughs> I, and I graduated from high school. What a year. <laughs> so tell me, because I know you're an actor. Were you an actor before doing drag, or did drag make you become an well, actor? Well, I was sort of, a, I was sort of, I sort of had always played with drag for as soon as I became an adult. But I was, I was an, I use it, use it as a catabolic into acting. So I was, doing, was doing a lot of television and movies at the same time that I was started at Lacage. I mean, they're all, it all sort of came together all at once. I had been working in films and television for about ten years before. I, worked, I was kind of late, a late starter in the drag business. I, I didn't start until I was like 33. Okay. 33. So did you have this fascination? Had you seen anyone actually perform in drag before when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, who were some of the people you first saw? Like, on TV? Or? Um, I saw, well, I saw on, on, in the movies that, of course, they, they only played them at the, uh, at, at the, for some reason, the Gay Porno Theater, but they had, uh, Jim Bailey did a lot, was, was a big rising star at the time. And I, I didn't realize how much older he was than I was, because he just died a few years back and he was like 74 like oh my god he was and did you born. saw him in like on at the theater I like, saw him he, yeah he, they were, they were they, these like home home movies that uh, that was the first time I ever saw him at a gay theater in like 1970 I saw they would because that was the only only venue that they could that would show something like that, that. Would, yeah they, to show those kind of those kind of things and was who was he impersonating was it Judy Garland Judy Garland okay. but the one that really got me there was a, a special Alfred Hitchcock on TV you know it was done in black and white and stuff and it was about Nurses. A, a what nurse. was the name of that movie? That was called um, The Open Window. Because, okay. Because they, were, they, they had locked all the windows in the house except for the one in the basement. So, of course, everyone, <laughs> and we as the audience knew that, and we knew that there was a murderer out there, in the, and it was storming. Of course, it was a storm, and the winds were blowing, and the, the window was banging back and forth, of course. And um, as it turns out, there, there was one gorgeous nurse, Dana Winters, who was, who was a stunning English actress. And then this older, overweight, raspy kind of nurse, right? And so at the end, as it turns out, it was the, the fat nurse that was the killer. It was He was in drag. It was T.C. Jones, who was a very famous impersonator in the 50s that did Betty Davis. That was his main thing. Well, and I, was he, had you ever seen T.C. live? I've never seen him. When I, but I, and I didn't know that it was, a, it was a man until the end. You know, the wig came off and he was, he was strangling Dana Winter. And I was so impressed by that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I think that's what really shaped my career as far as doing drag and, and also doing kind of hitman killer kind of roles which mm-hmm. that's kind of my, became my specialty and stuff. After you saw that, were you an actor first and then became drag, or did drag lead you to acting? I think it was both. As they, they both kind of happened at the same time. I was always, I was always an actor all the way through school. 
So, so you were at theater in high school? Yeah, I did a lot of theater and stuff. Yeah. And when was the first time you actually saw a drag performer in person? Like, live? Like, at a bar or a birthday yeah, party? Was, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, you know what? I can't remember what when the first time I saw uh, an actual live in performance drag. I can't remember. So no. when did you start dabbling? So in the, in 69, you graduated from high school. And then in the 70s, yeah, I, did you start finding yourself playing with makeup or hair? or The, th- the thing was that I was always torn between, um, you know, I, I love drag and I hated it at the same time there was something about it especially bar drag dressing up like a pretty girl and lip syncing the latest disco hit by an unknown black female artist just was not my cup of tea there had to have been more than it was just not enough there had to have been more than that and also the conditions at the bar they were, you really were treated so badly at the bar well you know we both worked the circuit and you know it can be just dismal yeah. dismal <laughs> the way they, these makeshift stages oh yeah were you there, were you there at the bar I think it was at the uh, mother love where we had to walk across this planks to perform, and it was, no, it, was it was bending underneath. Were you there for that one? No. So you know about it. But I know the mother load before the, they remodeled the, it. Yeah, was, right. was so crazy. Here we yeah. were walking the plank <laughs> trying to yeah. perform in heels. Uh-huh. Oh, some of the stories. Or so um, when when was can you remember the first year you actually put a wig on or got into uh, drag? Um, let's see. Yes, I do. I do remember. I was in high school and I Twiggy was my first look because I didn't have to wear a wig. I had my own hair. Mm-hmm. I borrowed um, my mother's eyelashes, false eyelashes. I used India ink for eyeliner and um, acne cream, which is colored for my foundation. <laughs> I looked real cute too, and had a little uh, little cotton nightshirt on, you know, <laughs> red and white stripe. I looked just like and cowboy boots. Uh-huh. I remember, and at that time, drag was real big wigs and fuller brush eyelashes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't see our, your lashes from outer space. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was always so like so bizarre to me. It was such a it's such a hard look mm-hmm. and I was very into natural and you know mm-hmm. I know you're one of your main characters when I met you was Marilyn Monroe so when at one point did you start playing with makeup to try to make yourself look like other people early on I think I remember I was doing, doing Marilyn Marilyn I was fascinated by Marilyn anyway I mean besides doing her as a drag I've been doing a 10 year collection of, of uh, photographs I mean I had the most incredible collection of odd, and it was the odd picture that I wanted I wanted the, the unusual and there's so much of taken of her even today people keep coming up with new pictures that I've never seen before it's just amazing the amount of work, work this girl did in such a short period of time you have to really give it to her for, for so much in such a short time I think we're me <laughs> and now, Very little, little you're a fan of, a fan of Marilyn I is my assumption so yeah. now was your legal name Christopher Morley because isn't there remind me on there it was the first now this is bizarre that so, was a bizarre thing her last film that she didn't finish. This is where reality and fantasy crisscross because <laughs> yeah, when I was doing my research on just everyone had to work with, this uh, was years ago. I'm like, oh my God, Christopher Morley was in a Marilyn Monroe's film? <laughs> so there's a young man that's There was a young playing. man. He was about um, I think 10 or 12 when he was in the movie Something's Gotta Give that she never finished. And he was one of the children. Actually, it was supposed to be her child, her, mm-hmm. her son. There was a girl and a boy and his name was Christopher Morley which just freaked me out at the time because it was like oh my god so a lot of us thought that was you oh <laughs> I would have been oh you know what it's about the right age yeah that, yeah because I'm going to think now she, that would be that was, she made the movie in 1962 yeah because she died in the same 62 so, yeah so yeah so that would I would have been about that age I would have so, been uh, it'd, be remar- it'd be either yeah. way it was just a great yeah. story when I Isn't found it, that trivial piece of information yeah that's one of those things that ser- is that serendipity or <laughs> I don't know something bizarre it's, it also sort of like one of those gold posts you're on the right track you're supposed to have been doing that what was so unique about and I don't know if there's any YouTube videos of you <laughs> performing but from my experience and watching you it's like I was always fascinated with the female impersonators because they went to the nth degree and they took it so much more seriously than the regular straight impersonators you know right. female to female male to male right what was so fascinating with you is like you're just Christopher backstage as soon as the spotlight hit you you morphed into Marilyn Monroe like no one I've ever seen like oh. Thank it you. was such a contrast because you're just this regular dude, like oh, hey, God, and kind of, kind of like you are now, kind of edgy, kind of hard. Yeah. But as soon as the spotlight hit, mm-hmm. all the femininity, every ounce of yeah. Marilyn's persona, Melted instantly, yeah. no, instantly came to light. Yeah. Like in a like it was probably the biggest contrast of anyone in my you know okay, in my I memory that I've seen that I can remember because oh, they all kind of have like mutual friends they, they still kind of 
have the femininity and everything. Yeah. It's not a big contrast, but you were, and a lot of us would always talk about that because you were just really just Christopher all the time. And then as soon as the music hit and the spotlight hit your face, you looked just like Marilyn Monroe, and all of Christopher Morley completely disappeared. Oh, that's you went from this hard-edged yeah. dude in a wig right. to this effeminate, beautiful legend. It yeah. was amazing. It was a big contrast. And that was the most impressed I was out of all the performers oh, I saw because you were such, it was a, such a big contrast, you know. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that big of a contrast. I, I was just acting. I was just doing, the, doing, doing my job. You know, and like, wow. And the, wow. just everything blended well, I together. Used to go, I used to go out as Marilyn, you know, to some of the bars in town. And people, they also knew me as Christopher, but they didn't know that I was the same person. They thought I was two separate people for a, for a long time. People didn't couldn't didn't put it together, and I, I so I thought I was kind of weird. I mean, because I felt more masculine when dressed as Marilyn. Come to think, just tell you the truth, because I was so much bigger. You know, once you're in drag, you've got the heels on, you're padded, yeah, you're, and the yeah. wig. I mean, you're yeah. and plus you're you're doing a person bigger than life anyway. So I was so much bigger, and bigger was more masculine to me. I felt more, I felt actually more powerful in, in a funny way. So let's talk about, so you graduate from high school. Yeah. You do you go to college, city college? And I went to for college for about a year or two and realized even at that time, the economy was starting to move into the thing that even going to college was didn't guarantee you a job or a good paying job. So I ended up going to beauty school instead and, and getting a, a license in cosmetology, which was no easy feat either. They made you put in 800 hours or something, or 1,600 hours. It was ridiculous. You had to go to school and you usually couldn't put in every day, but if you went to school every single day, you know, like a work week, it would take you nine months. So it took were you here. in the immediate Hollywood area at that time? Yeah, I was in Hollywood. I went to school in Hollywood. I lived in Hollywood with a friend I met. Oh, I used to do drag. I did used to do drag shows. At the, there was a club called the C'est La Vie out in the valley that I used to go to, and that was my first experience. Where was the C'est La Vie? It was, um, it was right in the middle of Van Nuys Boulevard. It was, on Ventura, it was on Ventura, but oh, I can't remember. It was closer towards Burbank than it was towards the other end. Yeah, it was closer to, like, what was that? Oil Can Harris? Oil Can Harris. Yeah, it was just past that. It was just a little bit past that. Oil Can Harris called the Sale of Well, what a place. <laughs> and they thought, they, they, they thought I was a real girl trying to do, pretending like I was a drag queen. <laughs> it's so funny. So you cut hair in a salon for a while in the media Hollywood area? Yeah. And then eventually... I went to Beverly Hills. Actually, I did in Beverly Hills. I, didn't, I finished high school, cosmetology school, and then the next thing to do was to look for a job as an assistant. Yeah, to do a you couldn't go oh. start. Some people thought they were grand enough to go. But if you, if you want to work in Beverly Hills, you had to work as an assistant. Mm-hmm. They paid you. Anyway, I worked for uh, uh, Sassoon. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up working for John Peters. But anyway, and that was this time when he met Barbara Streisand. Okay. So I was hanging out with Barbara Streisand. Not not as an equal, mind you, but as an assistant. As a lackey. But so it, it was Barbara, still fun. Barbara Streisand come in to get her hair done? Yeah. yeah. That's when she started her affair with, with, um, with John. And then he eventually left. Uh, hairdressing went into so, producing. When does the whole... So Christopher worked for a, a cabaret called the Kaja Paul. When do you get this hint of this club opening? Or Well, I had been playing with the idea of doing it, working in a drag show. But it was, but there, was a, well, there wasn't one in Los Angeles. L.A. was very anti-drag. And the only place you could work was the Queen Mary, which was scary. And that was pretty scary, the Queen Mary. It was one of the longest-running drag bars yeah, here I in mean, the West the Coast. Yeah, since the 60s, very yeah. famous, yeah. Like it was as famous as Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. I was fascinated by the shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I w- really was fascinated, like you were. I was just fascinated mm-hmm. by the whole thing. Lakash, when I opened, I heard that they needed a Marilyn Monroe. I thought, oh, you know what? I need to go do this. Had you been doing Marilyn already? No. Okay. No, I never done. But so you're already fascinated with Marilyn Monroe, right? right. I'm already okay. fascinated, thinking that I'm, I'm sure I could do her. You know, so I go in there with just a minimum of myth- real girl makeup. Have you seen the show before audition? I've never seen it. Oh wait a minute, had I seen? I, I think. It was dating someone, a waiter, that, and I saw the show. And the first time I saw the show, first of all, they announced Julie Andrews, and I'm like, Julie Andrews? Remember him? The ca- uh, well, I don't see. This is before. Oh, you. This is before you. Yeah, but this guy was, was so, amazing. First name was Kelly. Okay. Anyway, Kelly was just you. He was still just like her. And he had he the was, most amazing Helen Reddy in the show. And the, and Helen Reddy, and in person, he was a big old man, <laughs> big and he. But he took me under his when he was the only one that was nice to me, actually. Kind of like it is today. <laughs> Some of these newer. Queens, they think they think they're the you know the, the last the, the, la- the, the, yeah. the only drag queen. It's yeah. like honey, drag has been along around for centuries, way before oh, yeah, you ever yeah. came yeah. around, or even centuries and centuries. So even thought yeah. about coming. In fact, 
like women were not and they allowed always, to throw they, money they always the get in yeah. you know cat fights and it's like oh my gosh can everyone be nice so it's nothing's changed that way that way <laughs> but, but amazingly enough when I went to work with the Queen Mary they were the nicest queens I ever met mm-hmm. they took me into their booth I mean it was unbelievable how mm-hmm. friendly they were how, and I, I, had, I think you get to a point and I see it now like with Logan and with Brent yeah. we get to a point where if you're still working and someone of your same statue comes, yeah. it's just immediate respect level. It's oh, just, I said maybe that's what it was. There's no yeah. cat fighting. Everyone's, well, a, they knew, and I everyone's was a accomplished. And I was a different yeah. performer. They, I was the only one that was really doing lookalikes, mm-hmm. doing that kind of thing where it was a mixed bag there, you know, as, mm-hmm. as you know. But as it turns out, yeah, I think that's what, that, that is right. Yeah, a certain... Kelly does the Helen Reddy in the act. Yeah. Helly Reddy Yeah, act so he took me show, under his wing and you. he worked with me every night after the show and maybe walked walk me through. Because they had these big old hands and he would show me how and he was so delicate he would do show me all how to do the movies because I was so terrified remember when we had, we had we had pink these pink neon poles for the stage which were very breakable we'd break up quite a few and I was so terrified I would hang on to these poles <laughs> for dear life I was doing so he, he, he talked me down from the poles and stuff and taught me you know how to slow down how to take my beat how to stay do the, all the feminine stuff and I already had a natural feminine thing about me but I never really worked it Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much I mean for some of the newcomers that might be listening there, there's really a huge study of the feminine aura or persona yes. and that I think a lot of that is missing with some of the of the newcomers yeah you know and there is really a, a sci- almost I want to say a science because my work's in direct some of the queens absolute science you know it there, it's a way an art form an yeah. art form of making a man a very yeah. masculine man yeah. on stage appear to be extremely effeminate yeah you know and uh, you know you know, Jasmine taught a lot. He, he would always, and Phil Craig was another one that taught me a lot of things about oh, that. Phil Craig, about yes. the hands over your head. Yes, so, so the, your veins would yeah, 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 so, right. So right. here's a little hint. I'm sure Chris will give you more, but the hands over your head yeah. if you're wearing a sleeveless dress. Right. So all the blood rushes out of your arms. So you won't look veiny. So right. you won't look veiny and more mass. So Phil Craig, every night before That's the show, funny. he's ha- arms um, up. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? It's like... One of those rituals that you do before because you go Because he always, he would always wear the sleeveless. Uh, I always wore it because I, because it's such a hassle to, to do nails, and then have to walk around as a guy with. And my I, my hands look gorgeous with nails. I mean, it was just like oh my god, they were meant for nails. But it was such a hassle, and also I work with my hands, so you had to keep them like piano player hands. You couldn't do anything with or model hands. You know how they don't do anything. Well, I'm an artist, so I'm painting and doing, you know doing. So I couldn't keep I could not keep my hands looking perfect with nail with the manicure nails and everything. Well, I would wear gloves. That's how I started the, doing the white gloves. Plus, that one bit when you, the hand comes down, you couldn't see the arm without the white glove made it stand out. And yeah, so it worked yeah, out yeah, both yeah, ways. Yeah. For, yeah, you entered with the hand first. I did, yeah. You yeah. entered with the hand first. So the white glove was a per, was perfect because then you could see that. You couldn't see the arm. So That was a great entrance, by the way. So Kelly, the Helen Reddy Act, how long did he work with you before you actually got hired? Oh, I was hired. I was working. So uh, you instantly, they hired you and you did Maryland right away. Right, yeah, but not not well. <laughs> not so well. So who's because you know the legendary cast members. So who's in the show? Do you remember when you joined? Yeah, uh, uh, Bobby Etienne mm-hmm. and um, Jazz. Uh, not Jasmine, but there was another guy that was doing that same kind of thing. Who was a sweetheart? He showed me how to put padding to make hips because he had no hips at all. He was real skinny. So he showed me how to how to carve. We would get electric knives and carve these these sheets of padding. We ended up looking like a sofa. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call it. So, yeah. yeah, but it was great because I'm very, t- I'm very top heavy as a guy. I have no hips either, and so without without that padding, oh my god! But it was changed total proportion because women are proportioned differently. Their proportion, their their weight is across their hips. You know that's where they're grounded. We're grounded across our shoulders. They're grounded right there in their hips. So to change to go to make this look smaller, you have to add a hunt to this. And plus, it's that's what that's part of the. There you go. That's a whole that's whole other from the veteran performer here. That's what yeah. learning. And how the men the men are based on their shoulders and women are based on their hips. So. Absolutely, and we're longer. We have longer torsos, so the padding helped to because sh- then it would give you a fake waist because you could do the padding all the way up to here. And so you'd have a short waist, shorter waist because I'm very long. If for a girl, I'm very long waisted. For a guy, I'm short waisted. That's what's so weird. For a for a for a guy, I don't really have that big of shoulders, but for a girl, I'm huge. You know, that's the way it goes. Lesbians love me. They've always attracted me. 
So was uh, I don't want to hear. I was hoping that, that he's in the show. How about Michael Andrews? Is he in the oh, show? Oh, okay, that's another story. That okay after I don't know him personally. I don't right. know, but as a performer, he was, yeah. he was like he was. Listen, this is my first experience with Michael Andrews. Seriously. He was like a hundred years ahead of his time because he looked. Oh, he was incredible. He, he looked was so t- amazing. Yeah, he 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 had a, a talent that was beyond that was beyond. You couldn't learn. You couldn't learn. He he just had a certain thing. I always joke about the the female impersonator pageant of the year. Yeah. You know, the, with Ruth Buzzy and Daryl Wagner. Right. And, and, he was in, he and was, he's in it. And yeah. he stands out. I mean, he's like a million bucks next oh, to all face. these. He dollars. had the most stunning face. Anyway, <laughs> in the same show that I saw Julianne, saw Kelly doing Julianne. That was the first shot. Then the second shot was Miss Ann Margaret. Well, boom. Dun, 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 dun. That face. That face. I've never seen a more gorgeous face in my entire life. And I've seen a lot of And gorgeous. as a man? As a man, he was to- to- totally awful. That's what I couldn't understand. See, one of my things is to say, I wouldn't say as, good, as hot looking as a guy. Because he was just a regular, bald dude. Like, yeah, nothing was, special. Very low reg- key. Very low key. But he put on that face. And the way he did it, he had a certain uh, of the brilliance with makeup. And also, which a lot up. of people fell in love. A lot of people that would come in and fall in love with them. Oh, he had a straight, face. Straight men who were was, like... And he was a good dancer, too. You know, he didn't do a lot, but he, what he did was incredible because I couldn't imitate him. He had a certain technique. We were kind of, we, you know, we were in competition, but I adored him. He hated me, but I adored him. Well, he was like probably just like this in his head, the star of that And also, show. I was very annoying. <laughs> Because I was still a brat, you know, I was still all up in your face, especially if you didn't like me. Then so this is like, a 80, what year is 82? 82, 82, 83. And when do you start? So we got Marilyn going. I was pretty, it took me about six months to a year, because then I really had to wear more makeup, had to wear. So we saw, when did you get the first, cause you have some great headshots as Marilyn, so when do you start getting some headshots? Those were after I really established my look, because I used to see some of the earlier headshots, I did, oh, not good. So did the roles in drag come? After Lacage, no, they, they were already. I had already been doing them for a while, for a while. Okay, so let's back up to that. So, when do you start auditioning for roles and get into drag? Okay, I was doing my first TV show was um, I did a movie, Freebie and the Bean, with um, Alan Arkin and James Caan. That was my so, first film. That was that was Freebie, your very first film. That was my first. So, film. Freebie and Be- Freebie and the Bean is something you guys should look up because what year is this? That was uh, seventy four. Okay, here's James Caan, who is an up-and-coming actor, who's a huge actor now. He, he was a huge actor then. Was he a huge actor then, yeah. too? Yeah, oh, yeah. Both of them were big, were big names. Big, huge And here's names. Christopher Morley, opposite of them, in drag. And right. you don't see, I mean... They so, were always professional. They were pretty professional. I mean, I never cared for James Caan. He had that whole macho swagger thing, which I was like, ugh. He has a total fight scene. Yeah, that's right, yeah. In the bathroom we, we or were, something. It was totally, we were totally professional. It was a to, totally professional thing. The, it was the director that had... Had so such faith in me. He he directed a performance out of me that was just brilliant because I had not didn't have a clue. So by the end, by the, the time he finished, and I but I had a I did have a definite thing about how I was going to look. I always had a definite look, and, and my thing was very, um, um, what do they call era? What do they call an era look? But what's, that's not the right name for it. I don't recall the way you look. I just remember gagging the James <laughs> Con, and you are fighting, and I'm like, I always, oh, had a, I always did this a really 40s happened. 50s kind of thing. So they call what do they call that when you're doing a, a, a bygone look? I can't remember now. There's a certain name for so it. So seventy four. So that's not many people were doing drag back then. I mean, not many TV. people were doing forties drag on top of it. Yeah, I was the seventy. It was the first time when we started doing retro. That's it. Retro. I was. I always like to do retro look. Now my retro look. <laughs> now the retro will be retro of retro because I was doing retro in the 80s now 80s is retro so I was doing <laughs> retro in the 80s when now there, so it would be retro so how do you get that part do you get that part through John Peters the salon at all no I, I, was, actually, I, had hadn't worked, I hadn't started working there yet so you just want a regular audition Atlanta. yeah I just went on a regular audition uh, I, actually I know what it was I had been in a beauty pageant earlier and I did a dramatic reading for Butterfield Day all these little queens are lip singing to, to, mm-hmm. to say this old to song and stuff and being dramatic. I did a dramatic reading. Okay. I thought I was in a real pageant, of course. That's what it so was. So this is a drag pageant? It was a drag pageant. Yeah, it was called the... Um, um, what was that called? This is, uh, it was here in L.A. Is this pageant leads a national? No. Okay, no. Just, a it was just one of those weird... Uh, Miss Cotillion, that's what it was called. It was the Cotillion pageant. 
Okay. Well, anyway, because they have the cotillions back, mm-hmm. real. Yeah, the roller, yeah. yeah, so I think it was based on that. But no, we they, they never came to Los Angeles. None of those big pageants. The Miss, more, the more Miss the, the South Midwest. And, yeah, uh, that was, and and Alan was very anti-drag. I don't never understood it. But I mean, if you were a drag queen, you well, that was that was the problem that I you know had to deal with that because I wanted to be popular. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go on the regular audition circuit to get this. Uh, yeah, so I got that freebie in the bean. So, <laughs> so I got that freebie the, as a result of how that. many call? Is just one any callback? They, they, I, I think they just hired me right. They wanted me. They just wanted me right away because I, I had a unique talent, and that's what they wanted. And so if you get a chance to see or Google "Freebie and the Bean," you can see Christopher Morley's. That's his first film. News to me, it's very first film. Yeah. And I just wanted you had mentioned talking about director. Gosh, how important directors are in people's career. Just oh, even not everything. just not just drag queens, but just actors and yeah, and yeah. performers in general. It's like because we cannot see outside of what we're doing. You know, right. that's why the director is so seeing brilliant. a much bigger picture. And, and you know those. who else is, fa- is very important to you, to your career is the cinematographer. Because <laughs> the cinematographer loved me and would do special filters. And I had the Hollywood star glamour filter on me, <laughs> especially when I did um, uh, Vegas. This guy, that he was a very famous. So uh, when did you do Vegas? Because he was in. I the... did Vegas in 1980. This is before I started working at So Vegas as well. It was yeah, a very popular. But I did, I did uh, General Hospital during that same time period. So this. This is all before I started working at Lacoste. So Vegas was a very popular nighttime series, right? Right. Yeah. With um, it was um, what was his name? He was a, a hunk at the time. I didn't yeah. that I was not a drag, but he was a very yes. nice guy. So look up Vegas, and then also uh, of he course did, General Hospital, he did another, legendary. He did soap a, opera. a detective series also. He died too from did very tragically, oh. very young too. Yeah. So that's amazing, Christopher. So I didn't. That, this is news to me. So I had no idea you did a lot of this even before the Kaja Fall started because the Kaja Fall Cabaret Show <laughs> spun off many people's careers. As Actors right. from that show, right. and you had already come. I had already was had a, a ten. I had already been working ten years. And you, you had a, a, a legitimate agent, if you would. Oh yeah, time. a number, <laughs> a few <laughs> agents are just they're another story. <laughs> so you done Vegas, you done General Hospital. What else before Lacoste? Vegas, General Hospital. Um, I did a, a Jack, Jack Palance had a series uh, that lasted like a year, and I did that. Do you remember Switch? It was with. Um, Oh God, Eddie, Eddie Albert, and um, the other guy who was so gorgeous. He was young. He was very young at the time. He was a famous, good-looking actor. Yeah. Anyway, so I was in that. I was wow. playing twins, actually. <laughs> <laughs> twin killed. But they picked. A, they hired another actor to play my twin, to play me as a man. <laughs> Need to hire a They could have had a woman doing right? my part. That's funny. That was very funny. So after, so wow, that's amazing. So you have that. You come to the college. So they must have been impressed already, just with the fact that you were, had done these roles. I, I don't. Um, I don't know if they were impressed. I don't know if they. I, they even asked me about any of that. If if I had a resume or anything. So when does your other impersonation start? Because I think you know we worked together and he had done Judy Garland as well. So yeah. Did that become? Were you a fan of Judy Garland as well? Well, not actually, but when I saw, I, in fact, I did. I didn't care for her at all. Come to come to think of it, she was just too much of a gay icon. I didn't care for that type of gay thing. Going, it was like I didn't get it until I started working with. Judy Garland impersonators and Randy Allen do you know who Randy so, Allen is? I know who Randy Allen is and uh, died such a young so early such a young age oh uh, total terrible. I, mean, I, I didn't know he was so young at 30, was, 38, 37 I, know, I, I saw it in the I saw it in Entertainment Magazine the, the 1995 edition there was page after page after page of all these entertainers gay entertainers that had died from AIDS, famous models that I knew One of, two of my best friends so we, there's a video online and we figured out it had to be Randy Randy, Randy Allen was as in Judy Garland, and he looked just. He was doing like by that time. He was doing um, Betty Davis after the stroke. PS did his whole yeah PS PS and he was so brilliant at that. Still, yeah, I mean, I got clips and I read about him, but it's just I have a young age, just a brilliant portrayal, and he was such a talent, and he he is so ahead of his time. He and I got along like a. I gave him such a hard time when I first started. So had he worked in L.A. Lacage as well? He worked at Lacage. He did Judy Garland there, and that's why I was so impressed. And he 
turned me on to Judy Garland. So the Jack Parr. Um, and he was also a big, tall guy, right? Wasn't he tall? No, no he was about my height. Okay. He, he was very thin. Okay. He, maybe he was, was no, uh, there's a picture of us together and we were the same height. He's, as him as Judy and me as Marilyn, it's a great shot too. Also, he was an actor too. He was one of the few people, he was one of the few impersonators that didn't just do it because it was drag. He was so into the acting thing. I mean, he, that's what well, you he, saw that with the, with the Betty Davis bit. Uh, you saw that. Uh, yeah, acting. you saw that. Uh, I saw that with his Judy in the way, and he also did a, a wonderful Liza Minnelli, also a beautiful Liza Minnelli. But he was very into, and he, that's why he loved me because I was very into the acting, the the the, the, the detail of the acting to create that character. And he, that was that was him down. He was the most professional, earnest person I ever met. We we hung out and had a, a really good time together. He was such a good mind. I love that. Mm-hmm. When I mean, you know, well, uh, Logan Walker's is like that. Mm-hmm. Brilliant mind. Well, well, you work with him every night. Yeah, you, so you know. What a what a love, sweetheart. Yeah. And just a history. I mean, another reason why I wanted to talk to you guys, because, I mean, talk about his story. I mean, he has this... His story is really a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I mean, he, he had really... He, what he went just, through in his yeah, life to yeah. discover who he was. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, I, I thought it's I had just some of the time. performers he worked with and everything were just... And still, <laughs> yeah. still to the stage, the Judy Garland thing, it's like you're mesmerized by him on stage. It, it, well, I just say, I, I tease him and say he, he doesn't New, new age uh, punk rock <laughs> Judy Garland he, does, he sort of does an Al, has a, there's a certain Elvis quality about it it's the same time. It's, it's really yeah. true yeah it's, no but it's true like, no I tell him about that. that's why I think it's, it's so brilliant I remember stage carrying on and be, being um, um, Judy Garland what was that move Valley of the Dolls that she did she, <laughs> Helen Lawson is Judy, and he was putting his cigarette in the cup, cold cup of coffee <laughs> it's it interesting though to see because you know he's the main Judy Garland in the show in Palm Springs. Yeah. And he's so captivating, but just equally as captivating and completely different portrayal is when Brent Allen does Judy Garland. Oh, Brent Allen is, I love Brent Allen. Oh, you know, so oh, you know Ben. Yeah, yeah, he's in the show too, but he doesn't. Yeah, do, he does. He it. does the best Bette Midler I've ever seen, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, because he does Bette as pretty. He does Bette very pretty. There was another entertainer that I didn't do. You know, that was the thing about he didn't do too over the top. He did. He did it really right on. Mm-hmm. He was another actor mm-hmm. who was very. He and I got along well. Who yeah. really well. Too. He was yeah. the sweetest guy too. Yeah. But he was. We really he got really intense. I mean, I learned so much. I learned from him, uh, Judy. Because my Judy. He's okay, and it's like it. it Mar- Mar- everyone has usually one character, which is the Marilyn. Yeah, my character. And they yeah, add, you know, add another one. I passed that point of doing Marilyn, unless I want to do Marilyn at sixty, which is an interesting concept. But still, I, what, what material would I have? To copy. <laughs> I wouldn't have anything to do. I have to create it myself. Besides, I don't know if she. She, she was the one. I don't think she would have let I me. Mean, if she hadn't died at that time, she it wouldn't have been much, too much longer. Do you think? I don't know. I, she hadn't died such a tragic. Yeah, but I don't think that she would have. She would have never been as legendary as she is. Yeah, see, you take that, and and she died at the perfect age because she never got older, and she was already starting to look very kind of worn in some of the, her pictures at that time. Although she got so thin and gorgeous, she really looked incredibly stunning for that movie, considering that she gotten really kind of fat and bloated and stuff and then she got back to her fighting weight and really looked stunning but it was so loaded she was even on film she looked so stoned when did the Judy Garland portrayal start was it oh okay <laughs> started when I I went to work in Las Vegas with for the Lacage show there right thinking it would be all Fabulous Vegas partying all night with shows. Eighteen shows a week was it? Oh, <laughs> what a killer! And that guy was such a an asshole. He was the Gaddafi of the drag set. Uh, uh, Nor, what was his name? Norbert Alamo. Oh God! Fr- French? Yes, French. French such a French ass. It's just what. And the thing is, he had a big dick. I don't know why his problem was. Why was he such a cunt? Because he had it all. He had a gorgeous wife. He had this show. This is amazing to me how these people. I mean, he got really lucky because. He was able to put together a decent, decent show, but a lot of hetero men see the see this concept as such a novelty. Oh, I can make some money on this. Yeah. But luckily, at least he had some people under his wings that built, made the show pretty yeah. decent. Yeah, you know, it was a know. decent show. But they get cocky and they we had, get... We had yeah. the best... I yeah. mean, I met also... Well, that's where I met Logan. Yeah. We had some incredible talent from all over. So that I was lucky in that way. I met some really... But this is this people. is the mid-'80s, so show at yeah. the Riviera. 85. In Las Vegas. And they're yeah. doing three shows a night, six nights a week, yeah, right? Yeah, that was rough. It was rough. It was crazy. I mean, t- And he was firing people because he didn't hire them. So that was another thing. Very Donald Trump. Uh, he would... He 
he would f- figure out some cheap way to get get you fired, and then he would fire you for on some pretense and stuff. I lasted a long time considering, but there was blood on his. It was bloody back there. <laughs> people were being were being fired right and left. It was just a bloodbath back there. I hung on actually a long time for nine months. So when I left there, I decided to drive pack up my apartment, put it into storage, and drive across the United States <laughs> because I didn't think I had a job back in because he. You know, he was not Lou, a loyal, Lou, yeah, Lou was a liar and not 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 really great. And he was not, yeah, because I knew that once he he just put the show together and then just let it go. And it was like we had no protect, no, nothing. We had no no spokesperson for our, for our rights. And there was only I think I think it was only me that came from the L- L- L.A. show. Come to think of it, everybody else was new. So, so it's anyway. amazing to think back in the mid '80s that there's a show of that production value selling out three shows. It, it was a good uh, show. Three, it was really three, a, sh- three uh, shows a night, six nights yeah. a week. That's what I. That was amazing. This is 15, uh, 35, 37, no, 35 years ago. So it's like (laughs) amazing that it was so popular that time. It was really a breakthrough. Yeah, because it was unusual. It was a, it was, there there was a, the boy less, but that was the drag show. Mm -hmm. You know, that wasn't really, ours was, you know. There's a whole nother story, but he had actually been there. Such a fascinating man as well. Kenny Kerr had had been there uh, several years before the college ever opened. Yeah. So he had been there in the late 70s. Yeah. And uh, stuck it out. So, so, Unfortunate of his passing as well several years ago. Well, yeah, but even he, before, not young then. Yeah, even before. Uh, at the same time, he in '78 was also uh, Frankie Kine and Manuel Arte. They were in Las Vegas as well. I'm sorry, I don't know and who they, those are. Yeah, and I'm going to be interviewing yeah. them as well. But still, legendary acts as well. He they is, were different, at a different era. Yeah, he. Okay. They opened uh, at the one of the big, one of the Vegas uh, strip casinos. Uh-huh. It was just them two. Kind of like the Edward Schwinz. Oh. And they each did a bunch of characters, and they had a full orchestra behind them. Wow. And they had click tracks, pre-recorded vocals that they lip-synced to, and the orchestra played live. Wow. How did and that, that, that how was did that way, work? way advanced. That's very advanced. Yeah. yeah. How did they work that? And they were produced. So, so, so the words, if they had... So they the had sound-alikes. Be... They had sound-alikes record all their music. The lives of the Maryland, the Julie Andrews, all sound-alikes recorded the vocals, oh. and, then, and the orchestra played live. So they could Get get away with the rights. Yeah, and, and they bought. Yeah, and this is late seventies. And they had, but the vocal sound-alikes has got that's hard. That's, that's even harder to do. Yeah. And, the, and the producer of Feld Brothers saw them in Florida, and I'll be talking to them. But the yeah. people that did the ice capades. So when what, what year and was the ice this? Ca- this is the late seventies, seventy-eight, seventy-seven. Uh, oh, so it was at the same time here that I was working. Yeah. But they were doing a different. Well, thing. they were eighty before the college opened there. Yeah. So this is seventy-seven, but they okay. were amazing. Oh, amazing. and they're wow. still around today, and and. Frankie and Manuel both work. Are you me. doing the brother, the uh, the uh, Olsen brothers, the Olsen Edwards twins? The Edwards no, no, aren't they? I worked now. You know, I worked with both of them. Yeah, at yeah, different time period. Yeah, yeah. I love them. I yeah. adored they're both. Very of them. successful. Crazy. Work, they are so idiosyncratic and <laughs> out of their minds. Absolutely out of. Not that I'm not either. But and we used to laugh at each other. But Eddie went to, with me tell He was the only one that could keep me laughing. Yep, no, and keep my spirits fine. up. He would just. There was something about him that make me laugh, and he knew how to make me laugh. And he, and he was so. He was sort of dorky too, and that's what was so amazing. He learned so fast. I was so impressed by yeah. how fast he pulled the his shit together. Yeah. And man, he worked so hard at perfecting. And I didn't know he could sing. And then when I went to see him sing it live, I'm like, and I but I saw all his Eddie Eddie things that he would do. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tease him about because I would I would see all the little things that he would do that I would tease him about. Uh-huh. Poor thing. And a Tony, please God, make me a pretty queen. <laughs> That's a, whole, whole nother, that's a whole other chapter, a whole other book. That's a whole other book. So what? What from looking back at La Caja Fall? What can the the cabaret? Yeah. Some of your most memorable evenings there <clears throat> has to be because every night there were celebrities in the audience. Oh yeah, I was never that impressed by a celebrity. That that's probably why it worked for me. I mean, I had very the, the, some of those. Oh, they had to take a picture with everybody. I had a few. I think I took a picture, maybe with one or two. It had to be people that I really liked, like Liberal. Had, had a picture with I had to mm-hmm. the night we all dressed up there was a guy that did um, did a dance routine there did a dancing in the dark he did um, oh, what was the name of the woman that he did who danced with Fred Astaire and uh, shut up <laughs> anyway he did he was the most brilliant dancer and he and I we would be we were buddies so one night we did punk rock and did our hair a huge mohawk 
flip-flops and white lipstick and uh, just terrorize <laughs> the, the place. That would be the most fun. <laughs> in between shows, when we dress up in different costumes, that's what, what I... And the other queens were like, didn't get it. Didn't get... Was it six... Broadway stuff? I mean, I was sorry, Broadway did Broadway, did Broadway characters and, 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 you know, off-celebrities like um, Joey Heatherson. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a B, you know, a B, a B personality. But you do Joey Heatherton, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your run there, was we there the whole time or on and off? It, it was on and off. I worked there for, let me say, two years straight. And then I we were supposed to go to Australia. That's what the thing was. That was at first, but it was a bait and switch. We were supposed to go to Australia. Well, who wouldn't want to go to Australia? I jumped at the chance, mm-hmm. so I signed mm-hmm. up. Well, then they changed it to Vegas, and I was stuck. It was like, oh. So, but I was excited. I didn't know anything about Vegas. I thought, oh, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I just vision all night, all part, like I was in L.A. partying all night, you know, <laughs> with showgirls selling makeup. It was nothing like that at all. The gay scene was 10 years behind, and we weren't allowed to go out and drag anyway. Mm-hmm. That was another thing we were... <laughs> that, Talk about our freedoms. Anyway, who, by, by, but after doing three shows, you didn't want to anyway. Mm-hmm. See, at La Caja, you did one show, and then you were out partying, that yeah. was fun. A lot of, a lot of the big. cities at the time, at least across the country, a lot of cities had with the masquerade law, I think it was called, where you couldn't leave and drag unless you are going to work. Like you couldn't, there had to be, there was a law, it's called the masquerade law. I didn't know. And it know. Doesn't, doesn't really exist anymore, but there were some cities that we'd do shows at in. At least, I believe we couldn't, we couldn't leave. Yeah. We couldn't leave. The guys couldn't leave had to have, you couldn't. you had to have, uh, a lot of them got away with it they wore men's underwear underneath their cl- their costumes. I heard about that during that time. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, I mean, you've come a long. I mean, we've come a long way. Right, well, yeah. I graduated the year that we had the riot, the Stonewall riot. So I mean, on the backs of those guys, did I? Except that I was in a bar the first my first night because I finally had fake ID and I got a job as a waiter at a bar. I'm right on the bottom. I was so thrilled. Had sawdust <laughs> on the floor, peanut, pe- peanuts in, in a big barrel, that kind of place. It was very west, sort of western, funky. We got raided. The first night I was working. Wow. Ah, I was so pissed off. And then it never opened again. But hey, it was called The Farm. <laughs> you know, it was wow. kind of a, yeah, kind of earthy. <laughs> well, you know, it was early 70s, so it was that kind of so earthy So back to your TV work that you've done. Okay. So did you get, you still, it's kept getting roles once you were working at Lacoste, right? I, I did. Because if, if you Google Christopher and go on IMDb, yeah, there's, I did, there's um, several I, movies. I did so. um, uh, Partners in Crime up in San Francisco with Laurie, uh, with a Wonder Woman, the woman that played Wonder Woman. Linda Carter? Yes, okay. Linda Carter and um, the blonde that was was um, I can't remember her name. Saw her the other day at a convention and she looked stunning. Didn't look a day different. We're talking thirty years later. Yeah, the little tiny blonde, very bombastic. She was she was very cute. And then the, you were a drag in the yeah. I played a, I played I was, I was very but anyway we were the three the three angels and we looked all 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 three of us like gorgeous. And what was the name of that project that film? Partners in Crime. Partners in Crime. Was yeah. TV show or movie? It was a TV show. Yeah, it would have been a great TV. Show, but the, the wrong direction. Pilot? It wasn't a pilot. It had been. It was. It had been. It was on for a couple of years. Okay. But it just didn't take because they didn't use these girls right. They mm-hmm. they could have been a glamorous um, team, you know, and they looked glamorous. And but they had the wrong directors. The more the directors were into car crashes and all, you know, all that <laughs> macho stuff. What, well, what else had he done? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I did Magnum P.I. in 80. And was that shot in, in Hawaii? Yes, it was shot in Hawaii. You got flown to Hawaii? Uh, it was great, yeah. <laughs> I, met, I met a couple of people. I missed people. What, uh, were you doing impersonation or just for drag? I, I was doing a, hit, a, a killer, a hitman killer, and did all the various disguises, and the final one was a nun. Played a nun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I'm so, so into uh, the research... These costumes, the nun costumes, we wore, were not appropriate for Hawaii. <laughs> These were not the nun costumes that, would, that the nuns would have worn in Hawaii. So, you know, I had a real problem with that. They were wool, for, <laughs> first of all. They were so hot, they were wool. And they were just, because nuns, there's so many different, if you should even do a study of like nuns' habits, there's a thousand and one different nun habits, and each one has a special meaning. Meaning, yeah. yeah it's amazing. Even the flying nun, that whole thing, that was a, that had its own historical, <laughs> um, pre- you know, like anything else. And of course, I have to. How long were you? How long were you in Hawaii? Oh, that? about a week or two. Two weeks, maybe two weeks. Yeah, but they shoot fast. I think it was a week. They yeah. they only take a week. Maybe. What's 10 your days. most memorable part that you were in? My most memorable part. That was memorable. I like that. My moments. Um, I like the Vegas. I like doing Vegas. I was a, I was a dance cap, so you got to see the great gorgeous Morley Gams. <laughs> but I didn't even know how to pat or anything or tuck or anything at that time. I was 
I, I had to learn as I went. I had to me- reinvent the, the wheel. I mean, because I didn't have And any. this is before YouTube, you guys. So when I talk to some of you, right. the, the veterans of this art form, yeah, this is way before you can just pick up a book and find, figure out. You had out. to have a drag mother. Yeah. Someone to guide you. I didn't. I didn't know anybody. I mean, that was not my scene. Well, we didn't have that scene here anyway. It was really, I mean, the Queen Mary was about it. And that was the Valley. Valley was another world as mm-hmm. far as I was concerned. West Hollywood, Valley. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't have it. I, was, I just did it as I went along, yeah. wow. basically. And I was a hairdresser. You know, I studied hairdressing so I could do my own. I learned how to do wigs. So when you're so, doing Dragon Night Lacage, were you working during the day as well? I was at the, I was working as a hairdresser when I first started there, yeah. And then it got too much. Mm-hmm. And my boss, who was such a love, uh, the last place I worked at was on Sunset, called um, Riley's on Sunset, and was run by this very grand, uh, older British man who I adored. His name was Emil. He was so funny, and he adored me anyway. But he saw that I was just dragging my ass, mm-hmm. trying to work two jobs. He said, you know what, you need, you need to make up your mind. You need to just do this job, or you need to do that job, but you can't do both. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm going to fire you and make it easy for you <laughs> well no, it was it was a mutual thing and I realized so I wasn't that happy being a hairdresser I didn't have the personality for it didn't have the patience even though I was a brilliant talent I just didn't have the, it takes more than talent well, like an energy, like a hard job, it takes more than talent mm-hmm. to be successful. You have to have. You have to what have do you certain... think was a, when you started impersonating Marilyn? What do you think the hardest part was understanding the portrayal of her? Like besides the makeup, what do you think? What did you end up learning? Like, oh, that's what I was missing. Mm-hmm. Like, because you didn't have anyone to look at except Marilyn at that time. Because now, today's day and age, we'll Google someone, and you see a lot of impersonators look at other impersonators. Marilyn was my only one on one on one because I hated everybody else. Mm-hmm. Impersonation. It was like, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Up, up, no, no, no. <laughs> and Marilyn, even artists that paint Marilyn, it's wrong. I, it's, I always find it so bizarre that she's the hardest person to paint and to impersonate. Or at least from what I see, when I see other people doing it, it's like, no, no, that's not right. What do you right. think, maybe this is an easier question, what do you think is missing when you see, with your comment, <laughs> what's the common denominator that's missing when you see other impersonators of Marilyn? <laughs> they do uh, a mistake across the board about it, doing anything. Uh, any person. That's why when you attack a character, you can only pick one moment in their life. You cannot do their whole life. They lived however long that was. So Marilyn was 12 years. She had 12 good years, okay? You can't do 12 years. you got to pick that one moment, that one thing in that movie that you thought was fabulous and do that. That's what you have to go for. You've got to go for that one and that's what I would do. Go, and that's how Randy Allen worked. In fact, that's how all good impersonators work. They pick one moment, one spectacular thing that you remember a momentum uh, a momentous right and a character the certain characters that characteristics that you like about that person that's why they can't do the whole package because they're only doing highlights they're only doing the best the best of this is the best of Marilyn this is the best of Judy because they were a mess most of the, they had they were real people they had they were messy so like we all can be yeah and it's like you're doing highlights in a very short amount of time yeah just that's and that's all that's necessary unless you're taking it like for example Randy Allen or, or, or Charles Pierce then it's about putting moments then it's what you're doing then is stringing moments together you still are doing moments but it's, it's you're yeah. doing dot like when you're lip syncing though you just have that moment too and when I direct the queens yes. said you only have that moment you know those are three minutes for you to fail so make sure when you come out of the shoot you look exactly like your that's person that's the first thing that's the because first if thing. you don't you'll never be able to look like her again the first your so, first thing that's it you're right the first beat's gotta be do you look like that person you gotta knock them out of it. You gotta make them. You gotta make them grasp. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the char- the I character, did that. Yeah. Character, you did the character yeah. recognition because yeah. you'll never be able yeah. to gain that yeah. look again. So if you that if, first impression, the, the audience won't won't forgive that first look. But so. that's not enough. But you just go down from there. So that's why I say, yeah, if you don't want to be on stage any longer. The three minutes, like, no bows, honey. Just take the eight bars and off. Exactly. Because Some of these things stay on too long. It's like you, you're gonna. The more you're on, the more they can. Pick up your yeah, yeah, no, because it just goes down. So you're you look just like her yeah. at the top, and then they start picking you down. Yeah, you'll never go back up. There's never a moment. Now I was telling except you, for my 
my act because of because of the way it was constructed and because she had some brilliant moments. So I did the it was the end that dress the skirt blowing right. up the dress that's so iconic. It put me it was right back with the record with the that yeah. that was the straw that was why and, and then we used to do with some of my shows we would do the lipstick on the glasses that that, from that was the middle I hated and I hated doing that I hated I can't tell you how much I hated doing that but yeah that was the middle thing it was cute I guess but some poor guy was just messing up his glasses because that I had so much I could have dismantled a tractor with my mouth <laughs> it was so it was so glossy I had so much product on and it was layered and colors and outlined and highlighted oh, my mouth it took me an hour just to do the the lips you should see me touching up at when I'm going no, to the bar. constantly and, yeah. and, and, and uh, impersonators today I mean I don't know who started but having they still in today's shows that I have the acts still have all the real celebrities pictures around their mirror oh so yeah it's I always, do too yeah. it's still a, still a, um, a reference so when you're painting your face so that, how long how long did it take you to remember to when you were doing Marilyn to get ready to, Oh, it'd be an Very hour good. and a half from, from start to finish. Because mm-hmm. putting on the padding was a, was a, a production unto itself. Because you had to put on six pairs of shimmer mm-hmm. tights on my feet at the end. Because they would press on your toes. But mm-hmm. no wonder I would be an addict. Because mm-hmm. just the pain alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, and then heels and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I said, so a friend of mine, you know, who uh, does an amazing drag. You know, he doesn't do it anymore. But, you know, he put me in drag in February. Oh, and so I had eight, it's last February. Yeah, yeah. So I had eight pairs of tights on. Yeah, so you know. And. And it was amazing. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. It's just horrible. But I wanted horrible, to get an experience you know. of how. So he cut all the toes yeah. off my pantyhose because I couldn't even walk. I can't. And it was, yeah, because it has to. I mean, and if you have big feet anyway, and you you barely are getting into the shoes as it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I I, I, I totally. I totally yeah. uh, that was can relate. Um, the thing about um, Discovery, Marilyn had a very strange forehead, a very strange bone structure. That's why she looked so childlike. She, you could have done a movie across her. Al West was one <laughs> across her forehead. She had her, I guess these are frontal bones, were so wide in comparison to where, like, she was almost dist- almost a freak, almost deformed. Wow. Because her forehead was so wide. But that's what, and that's what made the um, the mask, the little, this part of her face look so childlike because it was like those porcelain dolls that you see, those antique porcelain dolls. The reason they look like babies is because they've got these huge foreheads. Yeah. And that's what, when you're a baby, you have a huge, and then you grow into your head. <laughs> right? But some people, and that's one of the things about me that struck me as Marilyn. I have a big head too. You know, I still have that baby. I have that. That's why I have that baby look. So I would blank out my temple to and paint this white to give my illusion of real width across my forehead. That's why you can always recognize a picture of Marilyn next to an impersonator. I, I can always recognize when it's not Marilyn, even though the picture will say, because I've seen people try to sneak it in. <laughs> no, that's not Marilyn. That's not her. <laughs> even even the weird, even odd pictures, you know, the, the the photographs backstage kind of pictures, you can always tell Marilyn, because she, it, and you don't know what, what it is, but it's about that bone, her structure, bone structure about her face. Now, when, when you were in the midst, if you will, of, uh, of doing drag, of uh-huh. cause, who was someone that stood out, in your opinion, like, besides Michael Andrews, was there anyone oh, else the, that said, oh my gosh, um, I want to aspire to be someone like that? Br- Brad Allen was one. Oh, really? Yeah, his bet was uh, phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. David Christopher, who did uh, Sid Charisse, that was who I was trying to remember. He did the most brilliant Sid Charisse. And then I also saw him do from Sweet Charity, you know, the, the, the Rich Man's Frug. Well, anyway, it was, it was uh, who was the one that did, did that movie? He also did Chicago. The uh, director who was so brilliant. No, I don't know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, he did that choreography. I was so impressed with it. Was, I saw him at some off-drag club doing that. His makeup was horrible. But he, I was so impressed with his talent. And then when he came to audition at Lacage, I took him under my wing right away and redid his makeup, showed him how to do makeup and everything and stuff. Because he, he was fascinated with Marilyn Jew, how, how they created her look, you know, the pictures and stuff. Because we, we were really into the glamour part mm-hmm. of it, how they achieved that false kind of thing mm-hmm. to make you look just in person. So you look like you were always wearing a filter. That yeah, was right. our goal. <laughs> that, that, that's basically the goal. So you look like you're always wearing a filter. A filter mm-hmm. when you're in person mm-hmm. with that, which is exhausting. <laughs> Do you get a chance these days to go and see any drag performers? I haven't. I haven't seen anybody in a long time. Um, wait a minute. Who have I seen? I like Jackie B. I, sometimes I watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I like Jackie B. a lot. Yeah. It's funny. 
Yeah. And that scary makeup that could scare small children. But her all. talent, yeah, her talent is in her writing. I hope one day to interview her, but she's just her um, in her writing. Yeah, her writing. She's written for a lot and of famous people. And the persona that she that makeup that she is fierce. That's yeah. a fierce makeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. her creation her, of that yeah. is brilliant. Well, just like Randy Allen's yeah. doing. Uh, and her wits or her 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 <laughs> improv is just outrageous. <laughs> and, and another person who I'm who's a makeup artist who I'm really following is um, oh, and he's got the face of the century. I'm not trying to remember his name. Star. Jeffrey Star. Um, yes, I think he is just yeah. the face of the millennium. Yeah. I think he is just so gorgeous because he doesn't look like a girl because mm-hmm. he's got that forehead. He's got that real heavy duty. The difference between men and women also is this bone structure. They can have a square jaw. They can have all that. It's this frontal bone that that separates the men from the boys, so to speak. It's something that I never developed. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> I always I wanted to look like a boy so bad. So that's what was so funny about my. I wanted to look like a boy so badly, mm-hmm. and I did everything. Everything possible to look more more like a boy because I never grew up. It's like I stopped at sixteen <laughs> and I never matured past that. So it was one of those. Uh, I tease my mother. This is too much inbreeding amongst the royals. Look what you've done to me. <laughs> so tell me I, before we wrap up. I want to hear because you know Gypsy, who you work with, who yes. worked with me, always says all these wild stories. And he always when we we reminisce about people, <laughs> he always brings up some sort of trip to Russia or to somewhere you guys oh, were. <laughs> We went to Finland. Now, his, his, his version way better than what it was. He has me in a fur coat yeah. as Marilyn, naked underneath. <laughs> Cruising around in the Alps, up in the hills. So what, is what, is that, what is that story? Because I'm sure we'll hear from Gypsy one day, too, again. So is any truth to any of that? You go to there a park? Is, okay. I was naked underneath, but it was an overcoat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I wasn't dressed as Maryland. Oh, you weren't as Maryland. I wasn't dressed as Maryland. But I was naked underneath the overcoat. <laughs> you know, it was one of those full winter tweets. Because there was snow on the ground. I mean, it was Finland, mm-hmm. for Christ's sake. We had two hours of light. And you guys went there to do drag. We went there to do a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah I went. Yeah. I, I did. I did both my characters. I did. Um, I did both Marilyn and Judy. Yeah, it was a good show. The people that were in that show were, were great. Were really good. Who was the one that was doing? Yeah, I did Marilyn. I think. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who. Oh, I know. It was the, the, the one that was doing Madonna. I met a new person because, you know, I was I was used to the one we had who I adore, always mm-hmm. adore. But um, I got to meet a couple of some new people that were very interesting. That's one thing about those. Of cause shows, they put together a good cast. Mm-hmm. I work with so many good Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland mm-hmm. and shares so many, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the and and, and um, the, the black one with the spiky hair, Grace Jones. No, uh-uh. the other one that Tyler Bell. No, oh. that was another one I worked with. I worked. That's the guy who I April with Summers, a, April Fields. I, I worked Eddie with Fields. Him. I did it I, when they, she was wearing the, the those kind of weird yeah yeah new attitude. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. he was uh, one of the performers I worked with. Uh, he was doing that in, in uh-huh. the, the Finland show. Okay. He was the one I borrowed the, the sports the, <laughs> the, 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 the trench coat. Yeah, that's funny. So when I did drag, I wanted to show you that picture so you can see how gorgeous I was. Uh, you look gorgeous! <laughs> wow. Wow, you are painted for World War Three, huh? <laughs> wow, who who did you make up? Uh, a guy, one of my good friends. Named that Kevin. I'm so impressed. Named Kevin Wiley. You look and, and gorgeous. Said, God, yeah, I told him. I go. I can't. I, these girls can't. I don't want them to make sure that they yeah, know. I'm not but, showing this picture unless I look flawless. Uh, yeah. So you get the right reaction because I went. <laughs> yeah, no, it was extremely painful. Extremely, you know. Even the makeup because you have and the wig is like a cat sleeping on your head. And I run hot anyway. You know, I'm always. So remember, I always see it has to be air conditioned, has to be free, like a freezer. Yeah. You know? I would get so hot with the padding and the makeup. You can't, your, yeah, yeah. your skin. I had to go to the breathe. bathroom, and I think I might have gone to the bathroom a little bit just without going to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had padding and eight well, layers. Well, that's to go to the bathroom was just, oh my God. I mean, I managed to work out a system, but still, it was yeah, hard. That's horrible. Yeah, because you've got. All those waistbands. You've got six waistbands. Oh, yeah. And, and, a corset, and a corset that was just completely... Uh, oh, you had a, you wore a corset, too. Corset. I, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm wearing a lot of Spanx these days. <laughs> <laughs> For Esther Roll, <laughs> who likes My, alcohol and bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope uh, people that are listening to get an opportunity to Google you and look up some of your films. You can yeah, go, I you can go to, Have you, you ever go to, Googled yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I Google all the time. Yeah. You can go to IMDb and look up Chris for Morley and see all the work he's done and hopefully there'll be some stuff on YouTube too with there's, not, tons. there's tons yeah I, I, I'm seeing stuff that I've never seen before 
that you know that I did, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing for the first time. Well, there was one I don't remember doing it at all, and I was good in it too. But I know why I do, don't remember. You know, doing this, it. in the 1970s, seeing a drag queen on TV is a pretty big deal. It was a big deal. It was, it was a, a big, big deal. deal. And to think that movement, was even so... though T.C. Jones did his thing in the 60s, well, it was black and white. So mm-hmm. how, however that would go, and it was Alfred Hitchcock who always wow. did those weird black and white things anyway. But it was quite, and he, but he was the only one. Yeah, he was the one that inspired me, and he was also in a how the West, a Wild Wild West. Okay. As I remember him, not 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 quite as good, but I recognized him right away and stuff. But he T. was T.C. Jones. T.C. Huh? Jones. Yeah, he was a big name, big name up for his time period. Yeah, one of the, one of those. Wow. <laughs> those of us that do the history. When, when, <laughs> well, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of history. Well, they used to have this magazine called Femmemic, and I used to be my favorite term for it because I hate I hated the word female impersonator. It was like never didn't quite get it. Celebrity illusionist, please. Now they're called tribute artists, which is okay. <laughs> you know these PC versions are just aren't as sexy. I mean, now they've gen- gender reassignment surgery, sex change operation. I like it, that has me some me to it. A whole different chapter. It's a whole different chapter. <laughs> yeah, because I have also a viewpoint about that about us women trapped in men's bodies the other way around. How do you know? How do you know what yeah. a woman? A woman can't even tell you how she feels. That's how complicated women are. I mean, thank God. <laughs> thank I mean. <laughs> so the first sign, first sign of a of, of, um, a cramp, and I would commit suicide. So I could. The, uh, much, as, a, as a guy, then yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I have a much respect for women. Yeah. A lot of respect. Well, the whole it's always been my theory too is that the whole art form they're involved in is really celebrating the art form absolutely of, the, of women. You know, that so, was where I always came from. Yeah, with it. yeah. It's just as a celebrate. That's I think that used to be a main one of my main problem with some of these um, performances. They were not celebrating. Yeah. They were. It was a real put down. And I think that's. And I didn't real. I didn't quite understand why. What it was I didn't like. That's that's, that's it. Nice. And and when working with all of you guys, talk about celebration of the people that we were doing yeah. oh come on I mean way over mm-hmm. incredible celebration and I used, that's what I used to love about all I, yours you were such a brilliant performer because you took you knew you looked like him but you didn't just leave it there you just didn't like you didn't re- rely on that you you did the research you did the work the rehearsal well, to, to do his people always say you have to have an act you can't just be you just can't look like the person you just can't look like them and you know and just and it's, that's it's, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast because all these people that I work with really aspired me to do much greater things, but it still was and, all. And it works. You were brilliant. You were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I respected you so much, and so nice. The nice one of the nicest people I ever met. <laughs> yeah, well, because I was working. Some of these people I worked with were like, Ooh. you know. And so when I, the truly professional people who were really, taught, you know, were very nice. Were very nice people. Even Michael Anderson didn't like me very much, but he he was actually. We all he well, was I mean, so cool. I mean, we all left, wanted to be in his circle. He left us early, but so I mean, so early that was a tragedy. Yeah, so. But the last thing I did was paint a portrait of him just before and saw him just before you guys ever have I don't think there's a lot there's not a lot of stuff online about him it's very little stuff but he was amazing amazing the 1985 uh, impersonation of a person every year well yeah when he did when they had to you see him in I think the the main thing the most common thing you see him is the female impersonator pageant of the year yeah with with Ruth Buzzy and and Lyle Wagner yeah it's on VHS I think it's on on YouTube yeah Uh, but he was just phenomenal way before Uh, incredible uh, yeah, that's set the pace. But I mean, so much I mean, more even, But even yourself, I mean, that's why I do this podcast. So many people today forget about the pay- people that are still alive that really paved the way and to still, to do movies and drag in the 70s or yeah. TV shows, that's a big deal for that sure. Is, yeah. I mean, I, and at the time I was like, just living my life and yeah. not feeling well, the oppression of being gay, period. Well, in this time of, of oppression, I mean, just so, gay, gay, I mean, the gay movement would have... Was a, I was in the first gay pride parade yeah. in 1971 was it but here and going to the bitter end west one of my first jobs and yeah i was and like, to go on tv know. and to play a woman you know man in drag that's a big deal and yeah. for, some, for the networks or the tr- producers directors to take that chance that's a big deal so you should be proud of the work you've done i always would and manage it was always the director that was the one that got me who saw saw that potential and uh, that, i want him uh, so i very rarely did i ever audition i just went in uh-huh. and stuff i although i did you know auditions oh that was the worst getting dressed in drag oh, yeah at yeah. high noon on in the summer it's always in the summer when they do, are casting these shows and in, in the valley <laughs> uh, so, so, I, that was one of the reasons I stopped, go, stopped doing 
Oh, no, you have to be... When I start representing people, I'm saying they're not getting dragged. They're not getting dragged. Yeah, because it's just... We, we, can, send you, we can send you the real... and the bad scripts. Oh, my God. Even, I was in some real stinkers. I made it work, of course, because I'm a good actor. You got paid. That's what... And I got paid. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It was a motivation. So you can go to IMDb, Google Christopher Morley. You can yes. see his film work there. You can go on YouTube, Christopher Morley. You can find him on Facebook as well. He's, couple, yeah, he's not on, on Facebook that often, because it took a while well, for us to but, reconnect. But my pictures are... Open all of my scrapbooks are all are, are all open, so all my everything's in there. And he's in person with me right now. He's alive. He's healthy. Yes. He's ready to. <laughs> the communi- rumors of my device have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. He's ready to communicate. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so please reach out to Christopher. Yes. And Christopher, it's really a pleasure talking Thank to you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're still with us. Uh, I'm so glad that I'm. Because <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> well, yeah, I had, just, I had just abandoned that. Well, so. it's already, after a while. I I, I uh, you inspired me when I was growing up. I don't want to hear that. I feel like a thousand. <laughs> but years that's old. important. That's it, important. I know. That's actually the, uh, the Facebook gave me a whole a third uh, new life. Mm. I didn't realize what a fan base I had. I did have quite a you know these people in the dark. That whole thing. Mm. People in the dark. Well, you have a lot inspired. to teach, and you should be proud and be able. I mean, teachers are important, and people that have done it already well, to I, pass I, the torch and to let and to get people knowledge that they can get from you. You should be proud of the work you've well, done. My main thing is to be your authentic self to go for your authentic self so if I was able to um, inspire other people to be their authentic self if it meant doing you know changing sexes or whatever then I'm very proud of that I'm proud of that I inspire someone to be there because they saw me do it, being brave and doing very brave God only knows where, I, brave, where I got that from I have no idea because I'm not really I'm kind of a timid person as you know and, yeah, no I'm yeah. I'm shy as well but I think we have a lot yes yeah, right we have a lot to learn from the people that come before us so absolutely thank you Christopher well, and, I, and, and I did I did learn from the people that came before me you know and, and the people that I worked with firsthand. oh I was a sponge <laughs> that's what you need to be so. yeah and not only just about that but about business, like from you, I learned a lot about how to run a show because you were you ran that show, right? I run, I run, I run shows now. I yeah. run shows. I was well, pretending to run shows back then, but I definitely run shows now. But I was so impressed by the way. You, uh, that was another thing I liked about you. You were the boss, but you weren't. I'm not. You weren't an asshole. That's so unusual. That, that was, to me was so rare. And most bosses were such assholes. Everyone I worked with, so uh, far. I guess sometimes I can be an asshole. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to be. Sometimes there's just no other way. You gotta be. You gotta like, okay, God, forgive me for a while. Let me ask. And you have to be, but part of that is you can't let other, what other people think about you is none of your business. Oh, yeah. So you just can't. You got that right. Especially as a boss, you got that right. You just have to know, try to be fair, and then if, and let the chips fall where they may. And if they don't like you, they don't like you. Well, thank you for allowing us in your home, and, and thank uh, you so much for joining. And please, out everyone, here. look up look up Christopher Morley on the internet or Facebook. Is that planning to revive a, another comeback? As <laughs> but every time I start it, uh, something had like the renovation of this building. But I'm going to sell it once we get back. To normal, world. We, have, we don't have to wear masks. Um, I'll, I'll be doing my Judy show, which I've been okay. putting together for about ten years. It feels like, but every All time right. something happens, and also trying to when you put together your own show and then having to work the lights and you, oh my god, that's so much work. And I'm lazy. <laughs> my favorite position is horizontal. <laughs> so to, right. to put it all together and then to, it's also hard to find people, good people to work with. Have you found that to be true? People that you can rely on. It's all about it's, well, all of it. All of it's a lot of work. So <laughs> even this even really this is a lot of this is a lot of work that we're doing now. So this has got to be whole another whole. This is a whole another thing. The podcast, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah. you have to figure out the. So you're gonna have to t- t- tell me what. Yeah, to no, get we'll, for, we'll send you the link and everything. Yeah, so. yeah, because I want to get because I might start doing you know old queen does makeup or something on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. I I don't really like to look at myself, so I don't know how well that's gonna work. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of actors don't. Is it? Turns out they don't like to look at themselves. Well, because you can you can pick yourself to death, and I don't want to do that. It'd be like mm-hmm. the birds. That... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Icons Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank, Thank you, Christopher. You, bye. Thank you for listening to Icon's Incredible Creation on Stage podcast hosted by Dan Gore. If you would like to know more about our wonderful host, follow Dan Gore at facebook.com slash lookalikes and at Oscars Downtown Palm Springs. If you enjoyed what you heard, hit subscribe and leave us a review. A new podcast every other week. Until then, have an iconic day.